0: Spoiler alert, here's this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. What's going on? How was uh, your day at work?
1: I mean, it was okay today. You know what's frustrating is this is starting to feel like the norm, and I feel very uncomfortable with that.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? I started to have a whole uh, other period of like weird freakout when I heard that uh, we just got over a million coronavirus cases.
1: It was a million today, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and Once Nova Scotia happened, is at
1: 200 now.
0: Yeah. Um, and the states are at like a quarter of a million.
1: Yeah, they're getting like like 20,000 new ones a day. It's staggering.
0: It's insane. And completely understandable. And it's so strange that they're so close to us, too.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. At this point, there's nothing new I can say about the the global state... I can only speak to the experience of it and mm-hmm. uh, and from like a very personal standpoint because I only have my own experience and my fiance's experience and the few friends I'm actually keeping up with. Every, everything else is just kind of this um, uh, hypothetical uh, scenario that I'm reading about on Twitter or hearing about on CNN. And it feels very weird to be in such a simulation. Does that make sense?
0: We We're in a weird... Um, period especially right now because we've had three days of like cloud and rain and kind of dreariness I know and that always multiplies the uh post-apocalyptic vibe by like 20 but last weekend when it was nice like we had a a sunny weekend and although our premier uh got mad at us yeah father father Stephen McNeil kind of slapped us on the wrist
1: I kind of get it like I know oh, he's I totally get He's it. not a perfect totally man. But like you and I live roughly in the same neighborhood and at the bottom of the hill at the lake, like Oh. I, and it's so it's so frustrating because people want to for the most part people want to obey uh regulations, government restrictions. Uh-huh. People also want to be able to get their vitamin D where necessary, and they have been vaguely told that they're allowed to go for a walk in their neighborhood. And unfortunately, that's um an obscurity like that's that's a vague thing that right. they can kind of twist to suit their own uh, their own uh, anxieties I guess and so you walk down the street and uh, I mean I'd hate to be a dog owner right now because not only do you have to walk around with that dog you've got to fight off the the magnetic attraction between other dogs yeah and then you're constantly facetiming with uh, people you don't know it, it's just well, and
0: people trying to pet your dog your dog is essentially mm. like a transmission now.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like, whoa, you're not coming towards me, but you're touching my dog, which I am then going to touch. Right. I want to bathe my dog 40 times. Right. So well, we how, walked do you, how do you feel about it? Do you, have you walked the lake much at all? Cause I have like, I've been, I've been running the, uh, around. So I stopped running around the lake, mm-hmm. but I am still like using those paths around it, but I'm like running onto the street. If I'm running
1: around. Yeah, do that. And the nice thing about the lake is there is both a sidewalk and a boardwalk. So there's kind of like two tiers. And you might be able to escape to one to avoid the other if necessary. And that's what I did. The last time I walked the lake was last Friday. I walked down to the pharmacy to pick up Becky's puffer. Because she called ahead and she's like, I need a puffer just in case, you know. And they're like, sure. And so I walked down to get her one. And by the way, you don't want to go to a drugstore nowadays. Like, I've been going to the grocery store. Uh, If I have to, so I'll go once a week or whatever. And that is its own experience. Going to the Portland Street Pharmacy is not a place you want to be in this day and age. That's just a side anecdote. Um, Yeah, so I I walked down and and it wasn't so bad because it's like during the conventional work day. That's a Friday. And it wasn't very nice out on Friday either. But... Uh, then Saturday and Sunday, as you mentioned, were stunning—like the most beautiful days of 2020. And so I would not have dared to walk down there. We walked uh, like up the hill, and we walked in my old neighborhood, which I guess is bending the rules. But we wanted to be somewhere where we could get vitamin D and not have to cross the street like every other block.
0: Yeah. And then and so <laughs> oh, so you did drive to go for a walk?
1: Yeah, we did. Yeah, at one point.
0: But I mean, it's going to an empty place. But and, people are talking so much about like driving to the beaches. That's no. that's really seems to be the big offense right now.
1: Yeah, and you shouldn't go to the beaches. Uh, you probably saw the mayor's address about how people are like cutting off locks on city fields and moving barricades and stuff. They're oh pissed. My
0: God. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah.
1: selfish. It's selfish to do that.
0: It's true. It's true. Let's let's get through quickly. We let's, have such a smaller population than yes. Those.
1: I know. Well, and, and thank God we're in the situation we are, knock on wood, but uh, we were given an opportunity to kind of get ahead of this thing. And now I think I said this to you last week. I fear that because we had so much time to get ready for it actually being here in a big way. Now we're just kind of used to being a province that has coronavirus and we're like, yeah, but, uh, but it's fine. I haven't died yet. And so now people are right. starting to bend the rules there. And that's why I get really uncomfortable with the normalization of this because it's not normal.
0: I know. I actually watched this documentary this week, crazy documentary called Hyper Normalization. Mm. Have you ever seen seen that or Century of the Self? It's by this guy, Adam Curtis. No. Really interesting. It's It, it leans a little more political, um, but it's kind of just talking about hyper normalization, how things so quickly become normal, like Trump using confusion. So no one really knew if his campaign was serious. And then they just like didn't really care and anyone who was voting was online or was anyone who was reading was online and so they were getting opinions that were catered to them and no one really uh i don't know
1: man people still say still after all these years people still will try and tell you that trump doesn't want to be president that is a bananas theory he loves being president
0: and now he's 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 trying to play the role that he should have been playing for three months which is like Listen, people are gonna, people are gonna die here. We're in for a really tough time. But like, he, he wasn't even acknowledging it at first.
1: Only in and around, also congratulating himself and saying that if only two hundred thousand people die, then we gr- did a great job. And I give myself a ten out of ten. And by the way, I'm number one on Facebook. That was his big brag of the week, which is not only uh, incredibly. Um, uh, insensitive and untimely. It's inaccurate. It's wrong. By
0: the way, my, my ratings are better than The Bachelor. Yeah. Very Bachelor finale the, Yep, the ratings. Oh my god. The ra- ever
1: yeah. since I brought back the the White House press briefing as if it's like a reboot of the nanny
0: Yeah, yeah <laughs> And he's is he's like speaking in third person, too?
1: He does on Twitter sometimes.
0: Like, yeah People are loving president Trump now. I was like, Oh my God, this is so awful. He,
1: his, his approval rating is like nauseatingly high through all of this, but it seems like in, in a state of absolute panic for the most part, uh, whether people like a person's politics and I mean, a politician's politics or not, they tend to line up behind the president in a way they otherwise might not because of patriotism. Like after nine 11, uh, Bush, his approval rating was in the friggin' 90s, and then he won re-election. He wasn't a good president, and a lot of people who voted for him probably knew he wasn't a good president, but he's like the guy who got him through that. And right. and the difference is, like, Trump's in the 50s right now, which is, like, high for Trump, but really low for literally anybody else.
0: Right. Had, now, Biden's four years older. Do we think Biden is going to be riding solely on who his running mate is? I feel like uh, that's That's actually going to be a huge thing for him.
1: I kind of think that um, whether it's Biden or Bernie, and let's face it, it's going to be Biden. Both of those guys are a one-term president, right? And so you have to to strategically pick your running mate to kind of position them as potentially the leader of the Democratic Party in another four years, I think. And Biden has said he wants to pick a a woman of color to be his running mate. Like he has said that's... a woman of color. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he said a woman of color a woman um, which gives him some some awesome options from like Kamala Harris to Stacey Abrams and um, and I don't know what kind of position that puts Bernie in I think he he, he was he asked
0: never, he would never choose AOC for that would he
1: she's literally not old enough you have to be old enough to <laughs> be president and she's only 30 and you have to be 35 to be president
0: oh crazy so so first kid was a complete work of fiction
1: yes as it turns out
0: (laughs) all those times (laughs) tj
1: detweiler said he was going to be president he can't
0: he can't be president oh my god yeah you have Uh, to be
1: 35 to be president and because the president has to be able or the vice president has to be able to be the president they too have to be at least 35 which is an arbitrary rule but i mean yeah, it's really. Kinda comforting. Well, it's kind of comforting, but maybe they should have a, an age max, too. Maybe you should have to be between 35 and 65 to be elected to office.
0: Interesting take.
1: We'd be in a much different situation right now. Did you know Trump and George W. Bush and Bill Clinton were all born in the same year?
0: Uh, yeah, I think I remember you saying that.
1: So uh, without Obama included, presidents are just getting older and older. And yeah. both Bernie and Biden are... Older than both of those guys. We're like progressively getting older presidents
0: How strange is that we're gonna need someone to die of old age in the White House for someone to be like yeah, maybe we shouldn't Elect <laughs> super old guys anymore.
1: It, it could happen. It could happen.
0: It could happen.
1: Okay um, I, wa- I want to ask you about something that's that's a little bit less doom and gloomy, but it is Related to the situation and our many restrictions uh, okay. You're sporting a new fade
0: I am, yes. I, I went for the, uh, the quarantine cut, the buzz.
1: You didn't give me a heads up that this was something you were toying around with. Was it incredibly impulsive? Because you just put on Instagram on Monday, went for it, and you've got a little buzz. It looks good. Yeah. You look uh, yeah, a little was, bit was, like Ryan Philippi in old. 2004.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll take it. <laughs> um, it, uh, yeah, it was just like, you know what, what can be super low maintenance? I can wake up, I there's little risk in really having a, a bad haircut. My hair was so long that it was to the point like every morning I'd have to wake up and run it under water unless I was showering. <laughs> it, it, the shower would take care of it. But usually I, I do a workout at night. So I shower at night and right. I wake up in the morning. And the less maintenance I need to do, the better. Um, anyway, whatever. Buzzed it. Feeling good feeling uh, feeling kind of cleaner I kind of like the look honestly I it don't looks mind good it.
1: there's a lot of people who couldn't pull off such a short haircut because they don't realize until it's too late that their head is lumpier than they thought it was
0: My head is very lumpy like I went for a three guard on the top if I went to a um, like like a two or one we'd be in Strangeville
1: I keep a bit of a mop on top of my head even after I've gotten a haircut. And if you were to feel my skull, I kind of feel like I have some sharp ridges around my crown, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if but, I were to shave really close, it would kind of I would kind of look like a garbage can. I would kind of look well, like, you, like my you, head is kind of like flat on top.
0: You remember at K-Rock when I shaved my head bald, right? Yeah. So that's not a good look for me. Like bald well, head. I don't remember sling. it looking
1: that bad. Like you are, look, I'll say it. You are a conventionally handsome fellow. That helps. You have a symmetrical face.
0: I appreciate that, yeah, thank you. I figured you would, like, but i was I, I
1: was just saying it to service my point not to to flatter you
0: but but my the top of my head is very coney. hmm, and there's bumps, and then I have this big like jarring like ledge in the back of my head too, so that never really <laughs> works for me but 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 enough of uh enough of like you know half an inch thick or however much hair kinda ends up working out
1: well, it made me a little bit jealous, and I have a couple of thoughts about it. Um, I, uh, have no doubt that Becky could cut my hair in a smaller way than you went for. Like, maybe I don't need to buzz it quite as short. She's like a very capable person. And I'm also not as vain as I used to be. I'm also not really needing to be, uh, visually presentable to almost anybody these days, except for my fiance. And she's not pushing me to tidy up at all. So there's part of me that kind of likes to entertain the idea of just going full grizzly. But yeah, you could do that. I could do that, but I also hate hair, it.
0: The thing about your hair, and now we're, now we're into hair talk with sweets and Sling, Yeah, qu- quarantine hair. But the thing about your hair is, it's got more of a curl to it. Yeah. So it'll do more interesting stuff when it grows out. My hair just kind of like um, Jen's little cousins call her mom sometimes "palm tree hair lady" when her hair starts growing out too long yeah and I would be palm tree hair man because like it just it's it's a thick mop on top that has no movement to it it just kind of goes straight yeah
1: you're a chia pet
0: exactly exactly it's a weird look
1: right so anyway like there's a part of me that wants to do what you did I don't think I can go quite that short because you know knock on wood I'm supposed to get married in September and I don't want to like screw up having decent hair for that but it's also a ways off it's still five months away
0: you could have some some flow as they say
1: i could have I like a, could pull... a big mop
0: yeah i think you could pull well, that off pretty easily you've
1: seen me with the big old hair i had that when i was in school when i was like first on the street team i had like big old hair
0: yeah but you like you you've aged to a point where i think it could be its own thing now sure. like at that point you looked like a you know like an adolescent guy right with, with grown out hair okay now i think it could be like a real defining moment for you
1: (laughs) (laughs) the age the age of big hair colin
0: it could be a thing where's
1: colin oh there he is it's hard to miss (laughs) yeah
0: yeah exactly
1: i do i do want to go mustache okay because i've always i've always wanted to have a mustache in an unironic way like in a way that's not like oh look at that hipster boy with a little mustache he's trying so hard but like there was one time for like a week I let myself have a proper mustache, and it wasn't the worst thing in the world. And I want to go no, back it was to great. that. Again, there's like no pressure. I don't have to feel like people are looking at me funny because I'm mostly just in my house.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if people will comment on it, but it'll be like. Not if I don't see them. True. But you need to be prepared to see people.
1: Oh, I didn't realize that.
0: <laughs> if you see. If you see me and I go like, "Nice, man," I'm liking the stash. Like, you're not gonna be offended by that because that's all people are gonna say.
1: No, that would be fine, and I and I would I would look for that. But because yeah. because I'm uh, because I have narcissistic tendencies. If we were not in this situation and I was trying to pull off a mustache and I like mm. went into the gap, I'd be like, "They hate me for having this mustache."
0: Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah i I feel that way too. Like. People people start to think, like, okay, do, do they think I have the mustache because of this? Do they think I have the mustache because it's, like, a charitable thing? Do they think I'm trying to be funny?
1: Right. Well, that's the other thing, is I don't want to look like I'm trying to do Movember. Not because the cause isn't good, but because people who do Movember in 2020, like, you need a new personality you know
0: <laughs> it's it's a it's a thing for sure now like the well-established um it just seems strange to be doing it
1: so what I think we'll probably do because i'm very I'm very bushly right now and I didn't get the haircut before social distancing was so chic um and I do kind of need at least some tidying what I think I'll get Becky to do this weekend is to just like um polish the edges a little bit just like take a yeah. little off and then totally. if if she screws it up We'll just do what you did. And it's not the end of the world. Hair grows back.
0: Well, there are really long guards, too. Like, if you went over the top of your head with, like, uh, like five or six guards, yeah. it's going to take some off and then tidy up the sides, you know, go around the ears. There's
1: another part of me that just really likes the idea of never having to go pay for a haircut again. Like, I think I have this maybe irrational illusion that Becky will do a great job because she's so good at so many things. And I'll be like... Great. You're going to do this every every month until we're in our 90s or I don't yeah. or I stop growing it. And uh and this is excellent. I I like the idea of my wife cuts my hair. I think that's cool.
0: It comes back to the whole Dwight Schrute quote of I don't pay th- uh, people for things I can do. Right. I I can make my own food. I can He says something else and he's like I can and have cut my own hair
1: (laughs) he clearly looks like he has cut his own hair yeah well the other thing is um so often when i go into helens where you and i both get our hair cut i end up in the chair of that lady who was at chernobyl and that's the thing i'm constantly aware of
0: (laughs) right (laughs) right yeah we've been affected yeah i think probably Um, trim it off so yeah we'll see how it goes i mean now if if there's any time you wanted to get away from the hairdresser Now's the t- now's the time to cut those ties.
1: Now's the time for sure. Yeah, although I I I worry for them, and I hope their business is fine.
0: That's true. That's true. So a couple
1: of uh, serious notes. It seems we should mention Adam Schlesinger. You heard about this fella?
0: Yeah. So was he involved in? Okay. So yes, I know Fountains of Wayne uh, co. Creator slash lead singer?
1: He's co founder. I think he probably did some singing. I, I don't know that he was okay. the lead singer. He was the bassist and he was probably the lead songwriter. He did indeed co write Stacy's Mom, which is probably their biggest hit. Um, but
0: he also co wrote another special song that's probably close to your heart. He
1: did, yeah. So, well, um, most notably recently, he's been the music director of. The show crazy ex-girlfriend he writes all the music on that show and so Whoa. when you watch the show and you're like they write a lot of original music on this musical tv show it's all written by this guy adam schlesinger he also wrote the theme song for that thing you do um yeah. which got him an academy award nomination he has the uh egot nomination okay so right. he does have uh, a grammy award uh and uh an emmy award for crazy ex-girlfriend he was nominated for for Tonys and for Oscars. Uh, He's fifty two years old, and he was a founding member of Fountains of Wayne. And he did indeed pass away from coronavirus related complications this week.
0: Right, but he had pancreatic cancer for seven months or something as well.
1: Interesting. Okay, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Um,
0: but you know who else has pancreatic cancer? Who's that? Alex Trebek.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We I gotta
0: know. be we gotta be worried for our boy right
1: oh, now. Oh yeah protect Trebek at all costs Protect Trebek. I mean they're not they're not doing that show right now I, I do no. Uh and, and not to be morbid but I would hate the idea of his final Jeopardy show like we wouldn't know it was his final Jeopardy show and he just filmed it before they shut down before coronavirus yeah Um,
0: I would hope that he has something pre-taped
1: I wouldn't put it past him
0: like in the instance that it happened I like, wouldn't put it past him like uh, if you're watching this it's this is my final Jeopardy show. I'm right. going to have another note once it's done. I wish I would have known during the show that this was the That's, last one.
1: That would be incredibly emotional for me. Trebek is like family. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that would be that would be really tough.
1: A couple other related famous people being impacted by this uh, virus. John Prine is in stable condition now. Like It looked at the beginning of the week like we might lose John Prine. Yeah. And it seems like, knock on wood, he's doing a lot better, which I think is maybe something of a miracle. Um, uh, Reporter Chris Cuomo from CNN is still broadcasting from home. He's in quarantine. He has talked about how he doesn't feel well. Uh, Of course, his brother is the governor of New York. He said he had the the chills so bad the other day, he chipped a tooth, which is very graphic.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is how how much has this changed your mind on on what it is like you know there were people at first like uh you know it is a flu and some people don't have symptoms at all it's true some people don't but more than not i've heard of people including a 26 year old lady in halifax with no previous condition yeah who said it was like nothing she's ever felt before
1: i think i think that obviously it's not a discriminatory illness and that it can impact people in many different ways and uh, there are some people who are just carriers; they're just asymptomatic. I think largely, not to underplay his experience, which I'm sure had its own stresses. But I think for the most part, Idris Elba is just a carrier. Like he, he said, yeah. like about a week after his diagnosis or two weeks, like I'm still like I'm staying low key, but like I'm not, I'm not feeling anything. And um, some people are able to work. Like Andy Cohen is not at a hundred percent yet, but he's back on Watch What Happens Live. Um, but he said that he had to be away from his baby for thirteen full days, which makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. And then other people are completely down for the count uh, and, and people that you might not expect to to be so easily floored by, by something that was originally just compared to a flu. Ha, what's yeah. the worst flu you've ever had? Can you recall the time where you were like sicker than you've ever been? Not including when you came back with uh, diabetes, when you came back from South America okay. with a chronic illness.
0: No, I, nothing specific besides like just times when I was like tired on the couch. I don't remember ever like, struggling like to to catch my breath or being fearful for my life like that has never happened to me i've certainly had times where i've got a bad cough but i'm i'm homesick and i'm just like watching tv i'm chilling it is okay
1: yeah i've had two two flus and it usually starts with a cold it starts with like a bad head cold and then it's like an all-consuming head cold and it turns into chills and not usually nausea but like chills And sometimes a delirium of sorts, some kind of weird, like, uh, hallucinations. So uh, one of them happened uh, a couple of years ago, actually. Um, And uh, most memorably, it happened when I was in grade 12 and I was in the high school play. And I was, like, a supporting character in the school musical. And uh, so the whole year has, like, built up to this four-day period where you perform the show a few times. And I got a flu. And I was, like, I was completely useless, but I pulled it together. And I remember um really thinking of myself as as quite the hero of the art form <laughs> in that particular <laughs> week like i really nice. showed up the show must go on you know what happened right. is I, I i really remember like i was visibly sick and i remember one of the other kids was told to learn my lines to learn my songs and i was like oh. fucking no way i was like
0: yeah, absolutely my not, not Yes, yeah, that's not yeah.
1: happening and so I, I, wow. I reached within and I pulled it out.
0: No, it kinda makes me wonder if I've ever really had a like anytime I get a fever, I'm like also puking. Yeah. So I I but I don't think I've ever had a cold or like a respiratory thing so badly that that it really takes me out. But have you, you had, have.
1: have you had any uh any hypochondriacal scares in the last couple of weeks? Like I've been clearing my throat all day today and it's hard not to go there in your head.
0: Yeah, for sure. There's been a couple times where like, you know, I've had a tickle or something and be like, oh God, am I getting something now? But I have been so contained in this house to the point that Jen's like, no, don't even go to the store. Like why would you go to the store when I could go? And I trust her honestly to be more, more um, hygienic yeah. than I am in the sense that like she'll she'll think of wiping her hands down when I wouldn't think of wiping or like touching something that I'd be like, Oh yeah, shit. That, that's another thing. Like even the first run I went for, I touched both um, crosswalk buttons. Oh man. Which is so gross. I'm like, Oh my God, how many people? So all through the run, I'm just thinking about that, but I did it unconsciously. But as soon as I came back in, I was like a full, full wipe down.
1: This is really the difference between you and me because I've never considered myself a germaphobe. First of all, I was always conscious of touching those things. Like I would always be yeah. like, oh, I just touched that thing. But it is clearly um, branched off in a totally new and more extreme direction now. And, and, and what's most difficult to adjust to, I think, is the fact that I've never had to always be conscious of when I touch a doorknob. So like now every time I touch a fork at work... Or like I touch the 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 little uh, button to lock the bathroom door every single time. I'm like now I'm touching this fork. Now I'm touching this door handle. Now I'm touching right. the pump that will put hand sanitizer on my hand. Right. You know that's really weird. Yeah. And, and so know. it's just kind of it's it's exhausting. I was thinking a little bit about the long term effects of this. You've heard about how like depression era people would then for the next eighty years of their life recycle tea bags. And like like yeah. le- weird little things that like these idiosyncrasies that just stayed with them because they were around through this really difficult time. I wonder if our generation and really people across all generations who are living through this are going to have a hard time going back to shaking hands or or are ever going to wash their hands the same post COVID-19.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if like handshakes are gonna make their way back. Yeah, who breaks that it. glass?
1: Who goes? Okay, I think yeah. we're good. I'm gonna hold up my hand, and then you gotta make this other decision on the other side of that handshake.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it might it might be something that goes away seemingly as fast as it ramped up. Yeah, and then we're like, oh, whoa, we've that learned was nothing. Such a thing. Yeah. yeah, maybe. And then it just has a second wave or comes back in ten years or something. But the the one thing that I think uh, I will take away is how transferable a virus is. Yeah. You know, like like H1N1 was one thing, but and then like SARS was another thing, but I was never worried about any no. of that. No. Now, now I for sure am thinking about touching different surfaces.
1: Yeah. Yeah, me too.
0: Mm. I know. Also... Also, more cognizant of how I'm spending my money. Are you
1: getting oh, that way at all? Uh, this has been like a weird year for me anyway because we've already been so focused on like wanting to save some money for this wedding and not being too wasteful. I think that a lot of people are either hemorrhaging money right now or they are saving money because we're not going to the movies every weekend. We're not going out for dinner right. a bunch. We ordered a pizza last Saturday because we hadn't eaten something cooked out of our house in three weeks and that felt nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I haven't, I'm very lucky. I haven't been forced to, to have to worry about it, but uh, explain what you mean. You're, you're, you're a little more anxious about it. You're, you're more conscientious.
0: Well, it's kind of like what you were saying, like the economy is in a real downturn right now.
1: Sure. Exactly.
0: So, so as much as you were, you were relating depression era, uh, sensibilities to, our current hygienic sensibilities, we're also kind of going through a weird Depression-era vibe right now where we don't want to be spending that much money because, you know, the future is more uncertain than it ever has been.
1: No, that's exactly true. Yeah. yeah. But on the other hand, like, I see people putting their houses on the market. And, like, before... Isn't that so crazy? People are buying houses Yes, like I've got a friend who put his house... who listed his house this week. And he's, like, in real estate, and so maybe he knows better than me. I'm sure he does. And uh, the other thing is before COVID, the housing market was like insanely in favor of the seller. And so like maybe even now people still need to buy a house for like $50,000 over asking that they'll they'll yeah. come into your gross coronavirus house and give you too much money for it.
0: People, are, people bought a house across the street from us like last week. That Not is, a good time to buy a house in my opinion. It's weird
1: timing. But, but it, I guess if you've already got that train of chugging, you can't just stop yeah. it. It's really tough. True. Mm -hmm. I saw people moving. Like, I saw a U-Haul parked on the side of the street when we went for a walk the other day. And I was like, well, that's bad timing, but they couldn't have known that this was coming when they booked that U-Haul.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. In any case.
1: (laughs) Thank God we have uh, Tiger King. That's, that's, even since we talked about it, that has really become a ubiquitous part of our culture.
0: So I finished it. Did you finish it?
1: Yeah, we finished it two nights ago
0: are you happy you finished it? Cause I'm just fucking happy that it's out of the way. Oh
1: yeah. No, after episode three or four, it, like I really started to be like, I need to get this done with. Cause I know I'm yeah. going to, but like, I really want this in my past.
0: Yes. It yeah. wasn't like one of those, um, you know, how, how I, I've spoken before about like, yeah, now we've watched Godfather part one. Yeah. It's like a sense of accomplishment. This was like, I've done it. No. I'm not going to watch any new mini series on it. Well, we, we'll probably watch the pilot episode of whatever comes of it from now on, but the, it's just out of my life. I'm, and right. I'm fine with that. Well, I'm it's dragged on.
1: Well, it's similarly, similarly, like you'd be really proud of yourself if you read The Grapes of Wrath, but not if you yeah. read the cover story of the National Enquirer.
0: Right. Yeah. It's it's exactly it's a distraction and it's mindless. The, the difference and, is. Everyone's not talking about the cover of the National Enquirer. True. Necessarily.
1: Yep, that's this true. This is
0: something that everyone was into. And it was supposed to be like... Like, it's such a, such a novel idea to think that at one point everyone was talking about infinite jest. Yeah. And everyone was reading that. Yeah. Or even,
1: like, the Da Vinci Code, which by a lot sure. of standards is considered, like, pulpy and dumb. But by... Like, what we apparently consume nowadays, that's, like, high-class shit. That is some highbrow stuff in comparison to Even Tiger the King. Harry
0: Potter book. Totally. The Harry Potter book's, like, 700 pages. People yep. were reading 700 pages in a row. And Over I don't
1: wa- I don't want to be the guy who's like, "Oh, look what we've stooped to. The president is a reality star. Like this was going to happen." And I th- oh. also think there's something to be said for watch because I've consumed a lot of trashy TV and I've been proud to do so. And I think that distraction in a stressful time is is fine, but from what I see through the memes and and people like uh choosing sides between Joe and Carol uh, it just seems a little bit too jovial to me where more than anything, I found this series really depressing. I found it to be like a real bummer, certainly for the animals also for all the lonely people, mentally ill people that pollute the show. Uh, And I don't necessarily mean Joe and Carol, but like the people who work at the zoo. Uh, And then of course, like Joe and Carol are despicable people. Yeah, And so now the other thing is, like, it seems like page six just can't help but write a story every single time a celebrity could wear a Joe Exotic Halloween costume and star as Joe Exotic. And I just don't think we need that show. We've seen it. It's done.
0: Yeah. Yep. I know. It's like, let's just get by it. What, what? happened to making a murderer guy? No one even is following that anymore.
1: No. no. What are we going to get from uh dramatized version where say Dak Shepard plays Joe Exotic why is that going to be right. better than that yeah. fucking guy
0: right yeah exactly we've seen we've seen the real thing I saw it
1: but um, everything I said put aside Carol Baskin definitely killed her husband anyway um 100% <laughs> little cats and kittens she for sure did uh, what do you think
0: about Oh, sorry,
1: go ahead. No, you go ahead. I got a few things, but not a lot.
0: I, I, well, I was going to say, I, like, we, we got to go over this bracket, or is this something we're going to oh, do sure. episodically?
1: Oh, okay. Well, how do you want to do this? Because honestly, I was just a little bored, and I, I created uh, a huge uh, sports-style gambling bracket, like a March Madness-style bracket. Of 128 of the TV pilots that you and I have covered on this podcast within a year of their airing. So I couldn't include, yeah. like, the. We did a podcast about happy days because that was obviously not the same. We, right. uh, within the first 20 or 30 episodes of our podcast, decided we wanted it to be a show about new TV. And so I, I took 128 pilots and I put them on a huge, huge bracket. Uh, and actually. Okay, so
0: that's why, like, Fleabag wasn't included because it that's had to right. be within a year. Perfect. Jen and I were wondering, so we were like, what is the explanation for some of these shows being left off? right that is the explanation
1: i love it and, and so it's full of a lot of shows that you'll barely remember at all shows that are nothing yeah. they're a blip on the radar and other shows that like we have to be really proud of ourselves for getting on top of and by the way if anybody wants to fill out their own version of this bracket if they happen to have seen all 128 of these shows uh, i'm going to link it in the bio of this episode you can get a pdf of this and print it off it's handwritten. it's a little it's a little scraggly <laughs> but do your best um i don't know how, how do you want to approach this from a an audio medium standpoint did you did it surprise you in any way your results
0: um it well because it wasn't we were talking about the seeding of it and you did it you did a very good job of it where nothing was like a clear it all seemed kind of evenly matched but there were some brackets where i was like oh man this bracket is stacked. Like Whoever wins this bracket might win the whole thing, which you sometimes do with like your March Madness brackets.
1: Totally, and there's a few other situations where it, because it, it was totally randomized, and I didn't do any seeding. I didn't have the time for that. Uh, and sure. so there were a couple of situations where you have like this onslaught of shitty shows that you yeah. would be really happy to weed out, but they get paired together, and then a couple of great shows get paired together, and you have no choice but to eliminate a great show eliminate and one. keep a shitty show.
0: Yeah. And there were there were times where I had to actually consult my top ten guides from earlier in the year when two shows were going face to face. Right, like two really good shows. I was like, it's like a coin flip. I need I need another reference.
1: So do we want to do we want to just um, cut to the chase and like say our top fours?
0: Yeah, let's say our top fours so basically the the finalists of the two brackets
1: yeah sure so um surprisingly on on the first page my my top uh my top two included dirty john and dead to me which are both shows that i i got so much joy of so much pleasure out of i'm looking forward to season two of both of these shows but they're both examples of shows that i like never would have thought would be in my top four shows of all the shows wow. we've watched and my Dirty other, John
0: and Dead to Me.
1: And my other two, so my, my, my top four, Dirty John and Dead to Me, uh, This Is Us and Stranger Things. And those two are a okay. lot more sensible. They're a lot more like my my uh general consumption habits.
0: It makes sense. It makes sense to me that uh, that those two shows made it that far. They me.
1: represent me a lot better than the other two.
0: Um so my my sweet or my elite eight, I guess. Okay. We'll call it, were Atypical, Stranger Things, Sharp Objects, Barry, Watchmen, Succession, Atlanta, and The Good Place.
1: Okay, you you uh, well you put me in an awkward position because I left off a couple of shows. Then you did eight, so I excluded uh, the end of the effing world. Um, okay. You, uh, Barry, of course, and believe it or not. Everything sucks, which is a show that was canceled after one season, but I just ate it up.
0: That's that's really funny because we we liked Everything Sucks a lot, but we moved Atypical, and I say we because I was looking at it with Jen, sure, and so she was she was kind of part of my consultation because I do a bulk of TV watching with her. And I thought sometimes I was bringing it down to breadth. I can't know what Everything Sucks would have been sure. if it continued going. Whereas I've got a comfort with atypical.
1: Yeah. But eventually
0: atypical ended up losing out to uh sharp objects. Okay. Yeah. Really like Sharp Objects.
1: Nobody talks about it. And people nobody talk talks. people talk about Gone Girl nonstop.
0: So so my final four altogether was Sharp Objects, Barry, Um, Atlanta, and Watchmen. Okay. See,
1: And Watchmen was conclusive, was it? Because they they made that announcement that they're probably not going to do more. It's so recent, but you really think that it it rises above.
0: It was really tight between Watchmen and Good Place. Okay. Good Place, Place, that was a coin flip. uh, And Jen influenced me to pick Watchmen. Good Place? I might have gone good place.
1: Good place. Uh I I had Good Place paired against the show Unbelievable with Caitlin Beaver, which was uh in the last six months, and I thought that was great. It beat that and then it lost to the end of the effing world, which in fairness is not Whoa. as good in its second season.
0: Right. And and have you finished the good place?
1: I haven't seen the final season. No, I've seen the first three seasons. Ooh, okay. Yeah, and that could change things for sure. And by the way, as long as I've mentioned it, uh, we're gonna uh, talk about a show in a few minutes, which has major end of the effing world vibes, but it's not as good as that show. Right.
0: And then, what's well, your final t- two? TBD.
1: Okay. All right. Fine. What's your final two?
0: My final two were Atlanta versus Barry, which is I oh, think pretty. That's, that's good. Pretty on par yeah. for for what I've uh, what I've set up in all my lists.
1: See, mine's not because. The front page broke me down to Dirty John and um, Dead to Me, which forced me yeah. to pick Dirty John just because of the incredible engagement I had in that. And so I kind, yeah. of, I kind of think it's silly that Dirty John is in my final two, but every now and then, you know, a Cinderella story happens and it uh, That's right. it squares off against Stranger Things and then I give the crown to Stranger Things.
0: Which is totally fair. Stranger, yeah. things, uh, Stranger things versus Barry. I went with Barry.
1: Okay, well, and and for sure, like there's really no wrong answer in that. But for for what it's worth, like other shows um, that we covered within the first year of their uh annou- of their uh, release, um, Ozark was a big one. You mentioned Succession, yeah. I think. Um Uh, well, I mean, it's well, a, I'm not going to read 128 shows, but I
0: should say I should say that was a really interesting matchup because you had um, basically it had to go so that Ozark was against. Um, The Outsider? Yeah. And we finished The Outsider, but we really like Ozark. So Ozark ended up moving on. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. Um, At one point, I had Good Omens paired against American Gods, which was a weird thing. Like, this two Neil Gaiman things. It just kind of happened that way. Anybody, if if they want to fill out their own brackets, you can find it in... It's embedded in the bio of this episode. Uh, You won't have seen most of the shows, but if you've seen any of them, it's kind of a fun way to, like, figure out how these... uh, little square offs actually turn out
0: thank you for doing the work on that that was uh actually really enjoyable and i know when i showed it to jen she was like oh my god i can't wait to to do this i can't wait to break this down
1: she really does watch almost all of them with you
0: she does because it's it's almost like i'm watching devs right now on my own like that's one of the rare examples of something like curb your enthusiasm was another one which had an all-star season that's a good Uh, question
1: What, what are some shows here that i've watched uh by myself well she watched haunting of hill house by herself because i couldn't hack it right um
0: well barry for instance jen does not like barry
1: that's wild to me it's the best show on tv or at least one of them it was weird to put horace and pete in here because horace and pete is it's the first new show we ever covered on the podcast and it's just so like uh frozen in time never to be talked about again
0: you're so right it's even weird to see Louis C.K. on Parks and Rec when he's on it.
1: I know, as Dave the Cop. You're
0: like, how does everyone feel about this now? Also like, even be- the cast, like, what would they say?
1: Also, because when he comes back and Leslie is dating Ben, he's like kind of possessive and manipulative.
0: Yeah, he's like, I'm going to... Uh, he, he left. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he handcuffed Ben to a urinal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's gone. And she's like, I know Ben did not leave. Also... That he, I you are ben wyatt you think you were right when you meant when you mentioned that a couple of weeks ago your 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 catchphrase is essentially good lord <laughs> which ben wyatt says all the time do i say good lord a lot you say good lord a lot
1: yeah i can hear myself saying that yeah good lord. you
0: should do a super cut of all the good i, c-
1: I can hear ben wyatt saying good lord when does he say it? No, I'm confusing it. When the time, like they're trying to like uh, wine and dine Joan Calamezzo. He and Tom take her out to lunch, and she gets yeah. shit faced. And she says, "I'm gonna go to the bathroom and powder my nose," amongst other things. And then he doesn't say, "Good Lord," there. He says, "Is she gonna powder her vagina?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because she's was she insinuating that she's going to powder her vagina? If there's a, there's he is a, great in that show. There's
1: a blooper of that scene in particular, and it's I, th- I think it's yeah. like the dinner party blooper episode of Parks and Rec because he just can't get through that. Is she going to powder her vagina line?
0: <laughs> I think he does his fair share of improvising on that show, and it Probably. makes me appreciate him more as a as his love of calzones when they're all sick <laughs> from uh, from taste testing the catering menu. Right. Ah, it was amazing TV.
1: The Local Calzone Zone. Yeah. Uh speaking of that show adjacent, John Krasinski and Steve Carell did a little reunion?
0: Yeah, did you watch that?
1: Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, was, I didn't it was, watch it. It was kind of sweet. You should watch it cuz it's like you like John Krasinski, like it, you were born to like John Krasinski and Steve Carell and yeah. and that's what it is. It's those guys. And it's mostly John Krasinski. Being, like, unwaveringly likable uh, and positive in the face of negativity. And so it's only 14 Excellent. minutes. I hope he does more of them.
0: Excellent. I'm I'm kind of bummed that The Quiet, uh, Quiet Place 2 can't just be released to TV. I would love to see that.
1: They did announce today they've pushed the release to September, which is interesting yeah. because, like, they're not going to want to push it a second time. That says like for sure September is you're gonna be you're confident theaters will be open in September. Like I hope right. so. My wedding is in September. But yeah. like but like the fact that like uh Top Gun Maverick pushed to December and like December is probably already polluted with movies, that sounds a little safer. Who knows with the movie theaters? That could be a while.
0: Yeah. Well, and even the idea of like, you know, where people are thinking in such a hygienically charged way. Yeah. Are you going to want to go to a place where people touch a lot of stuff? Is this going to change the nature of gyms?
1: No, it's like I said, I'm not. All right, at least I don't consider myself to be a germaphobe. But yeah, gyms and movie theaters are conventionally filthy places and airplanes. Yeah, and bars. Sure, but I'm drunk, so whatever.
0: Right. You need to be drunk before you get there, I think is the idea. I got to go back to those days
1: of drinking before the bar. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I can handle it. Uh, the Clue remake, which stars Ryan Reynolds, I only vaguely remember talking about this. It seems I like don't a bad idea. About this much it seems at all. like a bad idea in a post Knives Out world to make a Clue remake. Yeah. Anyway,
0: but you know what? It, uh, it kind of a, a, a comparable on that one is Fleabag, and uh, what's that other one that we talked about? Uh, High fidelity. Sure. What about Fleabag? Well, remember how I was talking about how Fleabag, like high fidelity, I'm sure they weren't prepared to go against Fleabag where they're breaking the fourth wall and it's a cool, like female character who's having like sexual experiences and talking about them. Um, And I know there's a different vibe and they laid out all of the framework for why it was, it ended up being cool and different. Right. But at the time they must've been like, shit. A lot of this, like, is... Yeah, that is, was
1: unfortunate timing.
0: Yeah. I don't
1: know. Like, I kind of feel like, on the one hand, people are just discovering um, murder mysteries again. You know, if they really like Knives Out, that's their first conventional murder mystery, which, by the way, is not like a a deconstruction of murder mysteries. It is authentically a murder mystery. And also, we've got the, the Kenneth Branagh reboots of the um, Agatha Christie ones that he's doing, the Orient Express, and he's doing Murder on the Nile, Death on the Nile. Um, and so like there is kind we're in kind of a uh, murder mystery renaissance if there can be one here in the 21st century. But does that mean it's time to make to remake the murder mystery that deconstructs murder mysteries is like a parody of murder mysteries, which was Clue or is Clue specifically like the Princess Bride, this singular thing that you can't recapture the magic of because it was so unique and unlikely. Do you
0: know what I mean? Yeah. What was the Clue movie amazing? yeah it's awesome it's, yeah you, you watched it and you liked it a lot
1: I watched it not even that long ago and it's and it's actually a fair comparison to the Princess Bride and this is speaking as the biggest Princess Bride you know Bride fan you know um, you know I, I like Princess Bride more but it's, it's similarly quirky and um clearly not built to be as as big of a cult classic as it is but tim curry is so awesome in it and it's just it's incredibly watchable and entertaining
0: where can i find it is it on any streaming stuff
1: we watched it on amazon prime and not that long ago so you ah. can probably find it there sweet yeah oh, judy is on amazon prime now i think we're gonna like force ourselves to watch judy this weekend
0: <laughs> good luck right
1: yeah i, I feel like i have seen seem like No, I feel like I have a responsibility to watch this movie that's clearly going to bum me out.
0: Now, alternatively, I'll probably watch, like, I'm going to try to convince Jen to rent Knives Out with me and and go for it.
1: Oh, you haven't seen Knives Out yet.
0: Still haven't watched it.
1: Oh, yeah. Don't waste another minute. That's a blast. That's a a great time. The Knives are out, buddy. The Knives are out in this movie.
0: (laughs) What a great name for a movie. It is really good.
1: Really good. I don't have a whole lot more. I was going to say about the Clue remake that uh, Ryan Reynolds is starring in it. Jason Bateman was going to be the director, but he's not going to be the director anymore. So it's not that juicy. And they spotted yeah. a water bottle in the background of Little Women.
0: Oh, no.
1: Yeah. Like, a, I don't know if it's like a Contiga or... What's the really chic water bottle
0: now? I don't like Yeti? Maybe it's a Yeti. <laughs> There's a Yeti in the background.
1: <laughs> it's pretty like plainly in the background. It's not deep in the background. No. It's similar to Game of Thrones, really. It's like, how do they miss that? There it is. Right. I don't know, man. There's a lot
0: going on in Little Women.
1: Totally. All the little women, for starters.
0: <laughs> There's so many little women to follow. <laughs> well, let's talk about shows.
1: Okay. I suppose, first suppose right, yeah, I suppose I shall recap little fires everywhere, okay um, are you putting me on the clock, or are we not gonna do that?
0: uh I can put you I can just go as fast clock. as possible,
1: I can just do my best, sure,
0: and I can give you like a five, four, three if you want, just count me in, okay, you're gonna recap little fires everywhere you said, yeah, okay. In three, two,
1: one, go. Reese Witherspoon plays, I think, Elena, I think is her name. She's like a snobby real estate agent in a hoity-toity neighborhood, and she's got some, like... Uh, systemic racist tendencies new family moves in it's Kerry Washington and her daughter Uh, and so um, instinctively she feels a little wary of these people who they're clearly just from very different cultures and they're not gonna vibe very well but their kids are friends oh this is gonna create some kind of strange tension probably of course at the beginning of the episode we're um, uh, we're told that there's a house fire we don't know who sets that house fire I guess the show is going to explain that to us Um, yeah I think it's I think it's Reese Witherspoon's house, right, with Joshua Jackson. She's got like five oh, kids. Oh yeah,
0: it's it's definitely their house.
1: It's her house. Uh, we don't know who set the house on fire, except this first episode directs us toward some of the strange tendencies of a few different people in this show, and not just Kerry Washington. Um, their youngest daughter, who's like she's a real anarchist. <laughs> I like well, this yeah, kid. But-
0: all signs are pointing to Izzy. Yeah, in the in which I kind of get like the mom, although she's she is uh, she means very well. Um, Reese Witherspoon, right, she means very well. She's
1: just so like uptight and and so ignorant. uptight
0: and like forcing her daughter to do something that she clearly doesn't want to do. In you know conforming to everything the mom says, like wear a dress and be in
1: the school band.
0: That's right. The mom's basically dressed like the first lady the entire time. Reese Witherspoon. And then she's got this daughter who's like kind of rebellious and like, is clearly trying to do her own thing. And she wants to be more Drew Barrymore than Janet Reno.
1: Well, and by the way, they made a, they made a pop cultural reference. And anytime these shows try it, uh, this is us is really bad for this. Uh, try and reference something like specifically timely in pop culture. It's just always falls flat and is really cringy. And in this case, it's, 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 um, meta and distracting when Reese Witherspoon references Rachel on friends, not just because she is currently also starring in a prestige drama with Rachel from friends because she played the sister of Rachel on friends on
0: friends. yeah.
1: (laughs) It's very confusing. I got really caught up and then I didn't hear the next five minutes of dialogue because I was working that through (laughs) in my head.
0: But I did appreciate how they were pointing out how at one point Drew Barrymore was like the ultimate badass.
1: Yes, but I don't think that uh, 11-year-old Izzy knows that. It was just a very weird thing for her to be aware of.
0: Is she 11, though, or is she? She's like 14.
1: I don't think 14-year-old Izzy knows that either. I don't think 19-year-old Izzy would know that.
0: What? Would know that, that Drew Barrymore did coke? No,
1: I don't think so. I think we're old.
0: Yeah, I know, but this is happening in 1997.
1: Oh, is it?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't? What, what's the indicator that it's happening in
0: 1997? Oh, there's a, a lot going on there that it's happening in 19... There's a... There People are using pagers. <laughs> there's no cell phones. I didn't notice the pagers. W- really? I'm sorry, oh, man. You, it flew
1: over my head. I don't know. I, I, yeah. They... Uh, and and like and we you said, like she was
0: texting during this show because I feel like they were really no, trying. to
1: I don't know if I was. I was kind of engaged. I think, like you said, because she dresses like the first lady. I just think that she's this like weird, anachronistic, uh, and and the neighborhood itself is just this kind of like uh, stilted, boring area that could be in any time. And so I just assumed that it was current.
0: But the fact that the cultural cultural references were Rachel and Drew Barrymore.
1: But again, I thought those were weird. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's a weird yeah. thing."
0: Yeah. You know what true. stood out to me more
1: than anything is I I and I wrote this in my notes, thinking that it was said in 2020. Um, I wrote, "Do kids really ride their bikes to and from school, or is that just in movie and TV?" Right. You know, like in, a, in yeah. American content, kids are always like, "Get your bike," and we're me and the me and the gang are gonna get on our bikes. And there's
0: a and whole thing where he, like more... he
1: buys her a bike
0: a little more hidden. They're they're, um, talking about like real world Chicago and and Puck and and Pedro and like one of them has AIDS and it was like a really like crazy thing to be. Yep, I remember that that now. Yeah, the fact that they're so into the real world. um, Yeah, the
1: real world. I don't know, man. I can't explain it to you.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I I find that so interesting because usually you're like, you're right on it. I, I don't I, but I don't know if I can take responsibility for 19, this. I think it says nineteen ninety seven on the screen at one point.
1: Well that I can't I can't explain away. <laughs> that I can't uh, <laughs> I can't excuse that if that's the case. I must have looked down at one point. I felt yeah, like I was must pretty have engaged. Just looked away. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, it it's it's otherwise okay. Um yeah, it was. I forgot it in my notes here. Drew Barrymore. She makes a joke about how Drew Barrymore flashed David Letterman, and I was like, oh, "It's a weird thing for you to know about, especially if it's 2020." Yeah. Um,
0: right.
1: <laughs> you know what got me off on the wrong foot? Like, I I didn't necessarily think I was going to like this show anyway, because, okay. and maybe maybe because of Reese Witherspoon and it's nothing against her. Although right now I kind of feel a little weird about her having finished the morning show. It's just, it's not good in that show. I like Reese Witherspoon, but I never got really, I never really got into big little lies either. Um, and so I, I find it weird that she just like keeps popping up in these things. And so for whatever reason, I kind of had a bad attitude going into this show and the okay. cold open is the house burning down, and then she's talking to the investigator. And he's like, Yeah, this kind of thing can happen. There's just little fires everywhere. And I was like, No, <laughs> no. Maybe that was the thing.
0: Maybe that's the thing is when it said 1997 on the screen, you were rolling your eyes that's my so bit. hard yeah. that you missed it.
1: As soon as he says little fires everywhere, I was like, You <laughs> didn't. <laughs> no.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those pilots. Is this show getting like, no buzz? Maybe it's the Manchurian Candidate.
1: <laughs> well, or look, was you mean to tell me we're some kind of Suicide Squad? It's yeah, just, yeah, exactly. it's just too present. Never trust Will yeah. Smith. Uh, is, is nobody is nobody talking about this show? Is this show completely lost in the in the dust? Considering it has two really famous people in it and a couple kind of famous people in it.
0: I think it's still kind of uh, kind of in the 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 culture, sure, but. But no, I'm I'm not seeing it all the time. I'm not seeing it everywhere like the little fires.
1: Right. They're not. It's it's not as everywhere as the little fires.
0: Little fires everywhere, not so hot.
1: <laughs> Let's talk about Carrie Washington for a second. Who I also yeah, think could I I think it's too easy to assume that Izzy set this fire. I think that like that's got to be a a diversion because she seems like we never finished saying that she's that she's like really um rebellious for example she plays in the school orchestra and they go to see izzy play in the school orchestra and she's not playing her instrument and then she turns to face the crowd and she has written i'm not your puppet on her forehead (laughs) Yeah,
0: which i think is a
1: hilarious badass move
0: and they're like oh fuck it's funny how at that point like as a parent when you go like you know what you're right yeah
1: yeah do your thing yeah you're strong
0: what are you into (laughs) Yeah. yeah
1: Um, I think that it's too easy to assume that she set the house on fire when clearly Kerry Washington is also fucked.
0: Yeah, I think I think the show's gonna end with it being like Moody, like yeah. Moody is the one who set the fire.
1: And by the way, um, I I've always hated when when soapy shows uh, replace their lack of interesting characters with characters that have interesting names. I think that's so like Moody and BB and Pearl and Izzy and uh Trip one of the kids name is Trip and fr- Trip. and frankly I got a cat named this but Kerry Washington plays Mia and I've never re- I've never met a human named Mia in my life
0: Yeah that's true That's true Mia your cat is the closest to a human She uh, has
1: human characteristics
0: Definitely hmm. slaps me in the head when I'm acting up
1: <laughs> Someone should <laughs> Anyway, that's all I have to say about that, um, and also the the sultry, jazzy version of "Sex and Candy" by Marcy Playground, which played and played and played again at the end.
0: Which which played, <laughs> I I mentioned this to my viewing partner as I was watching it. Yeah. Um, a mother is showing a daughter her newly unveiled art project, which is a bike mm-hmm. for her daughter. I and sex and
1: like, candy yeah. here.
0: I'm like, is this sex and candy playing? Yeah. Right. Like, no, it's it's, it's
1: exactly the same motif as in the Fifty Shades of Grey trailer, and it's like a slow, sultry version of Crazy in Love. It's, yeah. It's supposed to be like you're kind of creeped out, but also, ooh, la la.
0: What an interesting choice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway, I don't give the show my ass. I think it was kind of uh, up its own butt. Uh, but it's a big book It's like a big book people are Like you always see it with a Heather sticker on it
0: Yeah um, That's so interesting that you just like You're so off on it
1: No I found it annoying
0: Yeah I don't I, You know what I do give my ass Okay I think, I think there's enough there for it to be interesting I think it's at least better than like The Stranger Which I God. think we gave our ass
1: Yeah did we give The Stranger our ass
0: no. I don't know. Maybe we didn't. No, I don't think so. I but, hope not.
1: Some, the audio's out there.
0: Yeah, we can find out.
1: <laughs> um, maybe I'm being hard on it, but I certainly am not hooked by it. No. No.
0: I think there's a reason that it's on Hulu and not, like, HBO.
1: Interesting. You'd think that there'd be some kind of, like, um, exclusivity with Reese, although she's on Apple TV Plus and HBO.
0: Yeah. But even so, I think Apple TV Plus might be a step up from hulu i don't know anyways
1: i don't know i kind of think apple tv plus is a total misfire yeah i think they blew true.
0: it that's well oh no wait here's why hbo uh because big little lies
1: well you said hulu a second ago
0: i know but big little lies was on hbo, HBO. yes yeah so that tie i thought she could i do
1: well that's what i mean too yeah all right. Okay. Well, why don't you recap uh, the pilot episode of "I'm not okay with this." I am not okay with this. No contraction.
0: I am not okay with this.
1: The okay. whole thing is only like seventeen minutes. You should be able to recap this pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. Uh, what's the lead character's name in it again? Um. Do we know? I. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. All right. Well, I'll recap it.
1: Okay. We must know. It must. She must have a name. All right. Uh, okay, you can you can recap the first episode of this, which is on Netflix, in uh, three, two, one, go.
0: Okay, so uh, main, uh, you know, she's moved around from all over, and she doesn't really have any friends. She kind of hates uh, all of the popular kids, but manages to be friends with a semi-popular kid. Um, realizes at some point in the show that she's kind of controlling things with her mind. Like she makes a guy that she's angry with, who's dating her friend have a nosebleed. Then at the end of the show, she, uh, after a fractured, um, encounter with her mom and she's really angry, explodes part of a wall.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I thought that they kind of jumped the gun on all that. They might've wanted to develop a little, a little, uh, a little longer, the whole, hang on, did I just give him a nosebleed thing? She was like, she really like caught on to her superpowers pretty easily, where you would always assume assume coincidence. It's not even like she was like thinking in her mind, I wish he'd get a nosebleed and he got a nosebleed. She was just like thinking negative things about him and he got a nosebleed. I would never lead you to think I did that.
0: And I totally skipped over the fact that the show begins with her walking down the street covered in blood. Yeah, she looks like Carrie. At night. Yeah, and it's kind of like a, I didn't think I was gonna be here, but <laughs> and yeah. then it, like, flashes back. Yeah. I've got a pretty normal life. That's like, right. Like, this is my journal or whatever. This is me. Yeah. I'm Trish. Yeah. You're probably wondering. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: It is, and I mentioned before that it kind of had a end of the effing world vibe to it. I think because it's, like, faux-indiness. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's in a yeah. small town, and it's about, like, Fringe misfits who are like unhappy with their feelings and their teenagers, yeah. but also they say the f word. And I, and the other thing is, I said to Becky at one point, like this feels like it's based on an indie comic book, and then I checked, and it is.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, it's and it's it's so brief that I felt like, oh my god, we should just watch the second episode to make it a full episode.
1: Yes. Right. Yeah. They get they like it, go so far.
0: Yeah. It felt also trouble establishing the timeline. Like, you realize they are using iPhones in this. So you're like, okay, so this is current day. But in spite of everything they're trying to do, like, nothing, no style of anyone makes it seem like they're in 2020.
1: No, but I think that this is like, this is a common um stylistic choice with teen shows like they'll they'll use they'll use iphones and they'll like reference uber even though they live in a small town give me a break but like for some reason the cops drive like big black sedans you know what i mean like oh and he's got like a little paper notebook that that cops have um i guess just to give it kind of timeless quality i know riverdale does this Mm. i don't i can't explain it otherwise um but it it's with Riverdale, you can at least explain like if they want to throw in some like forties, fifties motif, that's when like the Archie comics were first uh released. But in a show like this, it almost feels like uh a failed attempt at some kind of like Wes Anderson derivation where she wears like a corduroy blazer.
0: Yeah, and her like guy who's potentially gonna be the love interest at some point, he's wearing like really kinda like A's okay. pants. Let me talk about like let me a talk a about Stanley
1: t-shirt. for a second. Let me talk about Stanley.
0: <sighs> Get into Stanley.
1: As soon as he came on screen, in his in his weird shades and his flat hat and his attitude and his I'm on my own but I think I love you kind of persona. I said he's
0: basically like ducky.
1: I said he's way. ducky. I said you're ducky. That's <laughs> yeah. ducky. That's just ducky. And then that's he's when being I, ducky. And that's when I learned for the first time that my fiance has never seen Pretty in Pink. So we're going to have to watch that this weekend. Because oh, okay. I I'm just so, a I'm just so a, a lunatic things. sitting next to her going, "That's ducky." And she's like, "What are you right. talking
0: about?" No, I don't. I don't fully I don't think I've ever watched Pretty in Pink the the full way through either, watch but it. I know ducky as a cultural reference. Yeah. Enough for me to say he's basically, he's Ducky.
1: It's, I mean, like, it's the trifecta Ferris Bueller's Day Off, um, Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink. Granted, it's right. probably where I, I would definitely rank it third of those three, but the the three of them are a holy triumvirate.
0: hmm Right. But he's so, Ducky.
1: He's just Ducky. It's, it's the most blatant ripoff. He's Ducky. Except she's you, she's into her other friend, the gal who's dating the the completely stereotypical conventional cool guy. She's like clearly uh, in love with her. She's in love with her, her BFF, right? right?
0: Yeah, I think we're supposed to take that away. I Although so. I kind of wonder if if her initial reluctance to to him is is like
1: just we're, taking we're away supposed, her friend.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think. But I mean, her reluctance to like hanging out with the other dude is just she's like so shy with guys. Maybe. But she actually like is into him and he's going to be a big part of it. But also they made a point
1: in the classroom scene of showing us that he's just a meathead like jerk. So he made like some dumb sex joke in class and the teacher's like, come on now, Francis. and No, then, no.
0: I meant I meant Stanley. I think she's oh. actually into Stanley.
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But I find I find some of the characters to be really cheap. I've talked before about how um, I I can always see it from a mile away when an adult clearly wrote what they think bullying is, and so we see that in this. Like no one's ever like no one says the word fire crotch. Like no one calls a ginger a fire crotch. That's that doesn't happen. That hasn't happened in a very long time. Um, She also uses the term V card. Like I don't think that's happening.
0: I See, I feel like I, like, I know I'm only two years older than you, but I feel like all of these things are things that were done when I was growing up. Maybe. I just like, don't think it's are, happening now. These are words that were, yeah, that could be true. But maybe but this is set in 1997, 1997. Were they happening?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Drew Barrymore was taken off her top on Letterman.
0: Yeah. Well, and and that's why there there was so much more of like the r- weird race stuff going on. I think in Little Fires Everywhere. Yeah, yeah, because that's it was true.
1: Right, that's fair. Anyway, so
0: I I don't know. She, th- yeah, this girl was also in It.
1: Did right. you watch It? No, of course not. But yeah, she's she's the kid from It.
0: Yeah, she was she was good in that. Um, do you she's give the show your ass? She's not
1: bad in this. I just don't think the script is any good yeah and i i heard uh, my brother told me that he just watched it kind of reluctantly not thinking the first episode was great but then he got sucked in and it actually gets good he says but i'll give you a heads up you're not gonna like it and that that's code that's code for this is gonna get bloody you shouldn't get sucked in and so i won't and i guess i could have seen that coming anyway because of that carry cold open um I don't give it my ass anyway. I think it's a bad pilot. I think that the her suddenly having superpowers is a very thinly veiled metaphor for puberty, which is kind of overdone. And I'm not I'm not that interested. Like I said, I've seen better versions of this.
0: You're not okay with this.
1: <laughs> I am I am yeah, I'm not okay with this. I am I'm fine with other people being okay with this.
0: Yeah, I was really reluctant to get into it and uh you know what? I wouldn't be so surprised if someone said, no, you should keep watching it. You'll be into it. Yeah. Um, and I'm not even, I don't even want to say I don't give it my ass. You know what? I'm giving both shows tonight my ass. Oh, Captain Positive over there. Uh, you know what? Kind vibe.
1: You were uh, storing. I, from Slaney on, you were on tonight. storing all of your critical thinking in your long hair.
0: That's right. That's right. I shaved it off. And with all of that went all my negative. <laughs> now I have clarity. <laughs> yes yeah so i'm I'm giving it my ass
1: well i think that says uh more than ever i need to shave my head this weekend
0: yeah oh you're you're gonna see the world in a different way it's
1: not gonna happen i might tidy it up a little bit <laughs> definitely getting that mustache going pretty soon though i want to nice. look like burt reynolds
0: i think you should
1: yeah that's that's the only thing standing between me and burt reynolds by the way is just having a mustache that's right,
0: <laughs> that's right. and you being alive
1: oh that's the other thing yeah last i yeah. checked last i checked knock on wood god forbid right did you see bad boys three yet
0: no i think it comes out on demand this weekend
1: oh yeah i think you're right yeah
0: and and we will watch it right we haven't we weren't able to get to the theater for it.
1: okay so when you see it i haven't seen it but watch for a scene wherein will smith and um uh, martin what's his name lawrence martin lawrence Um, they have kind of like a breakup scene in it where they like have a fight or whatever, I guess. I just read about this. Um, Apparently, Will Smith pitched this scene like word for word and they used the original draft of it he prepared in 2009 when on location in China. In fact, at the Great Wall accompanying his son, Jaden Smith, who was shooting The Karate Kid at the time. So... It was originally conceived of eleven years ago, and now it's appearing in this in this third installment of the Bad Boys franchise because they thought they were going to do Bad Boys three just a couple of years after two, and then it didn't happen. But they held on to that content, that little bit of inspiration, made it into the the threequel.
0: Wow! So he was doing this while his son was having like his major movie, uh, big franchise break, major breakthrough. Yeah. So he's there, supposed to be supporting his son, and all he can do is think about, hey, uh, yeah, uh, what about my franchise Bad Boys 3? And not just what that. What about like, four different franchises?
1: He was at, like, one of the great wonders of the world, standing on the Great Wall of China, and all you can think about is a hypothetical Bad Boys 3?
0: He was spitting in the Great Wall's face, yeah. too, and yeah. his son's face.
1: Right. What he's saying is that where was Jada? What he's saying is that if they were to make a Bad Boys Three, it would be greater than the Great Wall. Yeah,
0: he looked at the Great Wall and said, "It's an okay wall."
1: It's an okay wall, but what would be great? It's no
0: Fresh Prince.
1: It's 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 no Bad Boys Three, and we need to have a a breakup scene. Right? (laughs) That'd be revolutionary.
0: Yeah. Uh. What kind of a mind comes up with this? An untrustworthy line. That's you.
1: I'm telling you, never trust Will Smith.
0: Never trust Will Smith. And never go outside. And never that. go outside. <laughs>